This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Listen, we stuff this podcast with ads like Jonathan Sullivan used to stuff his face with hot dogs during the pregame for Saints games. If you don't like the ads, sign up and become a patron today. Patrons get access to this podcast ad-free. No ads ever. And they get the Booze Bundle welcome box, four swag items, amazing, and a Saints player card, and you get access to the Discord channel. Why wouldn't you do it? It's 10 bucks. You're practically making money. So do it today. Go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up to become a patron. That's saintshappyhour.com. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints happy cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. All right, everybody, welcome into another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. It's the middle of the week, so that means it's time to talk Saints player grades with Andrew. Andrew grades every Saints player, every play, every week. And if you become a $10 patron, you get access to his written grades all season long. You should do it. Austin, Lone Wolf, Laura, they all did it after the Bucks game and became a Saints Happy Hour patron. And they'll get uh, the Booze Bundle swag box shipped to them from... My wife! And you should too, because it's amazing. Andrew... Did you have to have the lights down low and like some soft music playing while you were great doing these Saints grades? This must have been the most excited you've been to do Saints grades in like two years. Like that Tampa game, they just put their foot in the Tampa's ass and kicked and all the way in. It was glorious. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're not challenged at all, <laughs> it's kind of tough in the sense that it's just like everything came seemed to come easy. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was just one of those games. And really, Jared Cook was the only exception uh, where everything was firing on all cylinders. No one really had a bad yeah. game. Uh, yeah, I think it was tough in some ways to contribute. I mean, you saw Michael Thomas only had five catches. Emmanuel Sanders had four. Yeah. And I think it just like they didn't have a ton of opportunities just because, well, first of all, Breeze was spreading the ball around like crazy. Twelve uh, guys but, uh, passes. When, when you're up 28 to nothing, you know, it's the, the, the need for stats is significantly decreased. Well, the only, we'll get. I want to start with the defense, but my only nitpick with you about the grades that I disagreed with is you gave Dwayne Washington a C. And I believe, Andrew, when he's getting carries and no one is injured, he should automatically get an A-plus because that's, like <laughs> that's like a victory cigar for the Saints. So that's my only, that's my only, uh, that's my only disagreement with you on grades. But I, I want to start with the defense. And um, let's, we got to start with Trey Hendrickson. First of all, he's making the 2017 draft go to a whole other level. The dude is third in the NFL in sacks. That's right, third. He's got seven and a half sacks. Uh, he sacked Drew Brees three, I mean, Tom Brady, three straight times. 
One of them didn't count because it was a penalty, but whatever. Uh, it was amazing performance. And if I was him, I'd have literally, after the third sack, given the double birds to Bruce Arians. Because that's the kind of petty <laughs> son of a bitch I am. He didn't do it, but he should have. Andrew, he's been he's been ridiculous. Yeah, he's uh, – it's funny. He's not – I think uh, he grades out like – the 11th or 12th best player on the roster through eight weeks. Uh, and he's a tough guy to grade because you, he'll go long stretches where he doesn't do much. He's been kind of doing that all season. And, you know, he, yeah. he, you know, it's, I mean, it, you know, Arians had the famous quote that he's easy to block, yep. but I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, left tackles, they do a pretty good job for long stretches against him. And then boom, like he just makes one hustle play and, but, but it's effective. Like clearly, mm-hmm. he has seven and a half sacks this year. So he, he's a tough he's a tough guy to grade. And that it's not like it's weird. It's like Onyemata or Davenport so far this year. They're flashing consistently, and so you just you, you just when you watch the tape, you see them consistently doing stuff. But they're not necessarily getting home. Whereas like anytime Hendrickson. Yeah, flashes. He finishes. It kind of reminds me of the Vic Beasley season. Yeah, that's what I was. We had say. like sixteen and a half sacks. Where like, like something ridiculous, like eighty percent of his pressures turned into sacks. Yeah. and it just it just feels like Hendrickson's caught fire. He's got like that finishing gene right now. Yeah, and I don't know that he's always going to play this way. I don't know that he'll ever have a season like this again in his career. But like the dude is caught fire. You know, and look, before steroids hit baseball. You know, and everybody started hitting home runs. You would have dudes that would like one year they would they'd be like that dude hits eleven home runs a year, and then one year thirty three, and then he'd go back to hitting eleven. And it's just like one of those things, man. You just you get the fastball, or you you get the chance to sack the quarterback, and you finish. But I also I want to talk about the defense. Is my boy David Onyemata was ridiculous in this game again, and Andrew. When the Saints signed him, the Saints were like, we didn't think we were going to be able to keep him at that rate because the Saints valued him so high. He, If he plays at this level, he's outperforming that contract, and he's like a, he's like a $10-plus million player above that, but the Saints only pay him like nine. Uh, he's been tr- – He's been tremendous, and I, I said it when they signed him. I liked him because he didn't really play college. He didn't play football till he was in college. So, like, I always felt like he had room to grow, and we're seeing it, man. He's become a really, really good defensive tackle. He's a force, uh, and it's funny. I think the Saints have been just completely justified in the investment of both him and Andres Pete this offseason. Yeah. Um, and the way both of those guys are playing right now – you would have said, ah, oh, that feels expensive for Onyemata. And with Andres Pete, it was even more vitriol. It was, how could they do that? How could they pay him this much? You know, you and I kind of justified yeah. it on this podcast. But I just feel like those two players, uh, and right now we're talking about Onyemata, but he has been by far the most consistent player. And and now we're eight weeks into the season. They, they've played eight games, so we're at the midseason point. Yep. Uh, he, has the, he has the highest GPA of the entire defense, and David Onyemata, point blank, is my defensive MVP of the midyear. Yeah, and the thing is with the Saints' pass rush is, look, we've been concerned about it. We said it when they tried to get clowny. Uh, that that showed that they were worried about it too. They dodged another bullet because Clowney was a disaster in Tennessee, and now he's hurt. So Mickey Loomis, again, 
unable to, is una, unable to execute a bad decision. Um, but you saw the pass rush from, from the jump in this game. Cam Jordan whips worse and hits Brady. They sacked him three times, but I would argue when you get two to three sacks on Brady and Breeze, that means you have the the heat dial turned up to 10, and it's just killing them. And that's what it was, Andrew. Brady never looked comfortable in that game for a series. Like, it was just complete and utter domination up front. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, you look at the the MVP of the season, Cam Newton, uh, the year that he had, which was fantastic, everyone talking about him. And then you look at what the Denver Broncos uh, made him look like in yep. the Super Bowl. And it, that that's it. You get pressure on the quarterback, and I don't care what who the quarterback is. You hit him enough times. And you start to disrupt them and affect their accuracy, and they start to get jittery. And God, look, no one wants, no one likes getting hit, uh, and quarterbacks maybe least of all. Uh, but uh, that's exactly what the Saints did. The pressure was phenomenal all game. And really, I mean, when you look at Malcolm Brown and David Onyemata and what they were able to do on the interior, it's kind of sad that Sheldon Rankins is, was out because this would have been a great game, I think, for him. Uh, to produce. Uh, obviously, Marpet was out for Tampa. That was a big loss, and whoever they had in there replacing him uh, was a disaster. And the Saints fully capitalized. So I don't know that they'll be. They'll, I don't know that the pass rush will always be like this. I don't know that they'll always have a guy like Marpet being out, and then his replacement being, you know, the kindergarten version of Marpet. But uh, that's what it was in this game, and the Saints just fully capitalized. Brady is not immobile like Joe Flacco was at the end of his play when he started where he's completely immobile, but he's close. So that means when you play Tom Brady, you know that dude's going to be in the pocket. He's not scrambling. He's not even going to really move that much like Breeze even. So it gives you a a stationary target to hit at. Um, 
other thing with the defense, Andrew, the pass defense was amazing. Lattimore again showed the world that Mike Evans is his son. Uh, but Janoris Jenkins was good right off the bat. And, you know, when when Tom Brady sort of went to the fuck it, let's just hope for P.I. offense, the Saints didn't comply. They didn't have penalties, that, you know. And so the secondary was great again. I mean, well, the, the corners were great. But tonight, but but Malcolm Jenkins specific. That's what I meant. He was great again. Great against Graham. Great against Gronk. Yeah, he's starting to really ascend, uh, which is great to see. And that, that was another good investment. Uh, you're starting to feel good about yeah. Malcolm Jenkins and Emmanuel Sanders too. So, uh, I think it's gonna. So this is the secondary we were promised, right? This was the yeah. secondary that the local media told us all training camp. That, that this is what we were going to get. Three picks. Now, I know Onyemata got one of the picks on the tip, but uh, so two picks from the secondary and uh, Malcolm Jenkins shutting out Gronk. I think he had one catch for two yards on six targets. I mean, that that was just total domination. Yep. Demario Davis looked good in coverage. Uh, you obviously, Lattimore shut down Evans. Janoris Jenkins looked good. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was a little bit up and down, but, you know, and then, Marcus Williams making the play over the top. So th- this yep. is the secondary that we were promised and expected. And Ralph, I have to say they looked focused uh, and obviously they rose to the occasion. Um, and so now, you know, for, yeah. for a while, you know, we were saying, are they ever going to turn a corner at some point? They are w- yeah. what we see. Uh, well, clearly now we know what they're capable of. We know this secondary when they, yeah. when, when the stakes are high and they're focused and they play to their ability, this is what they can be, and this is what we can get. And so now I just look ahead, and we'll, we'll talk more about this game, but I just want to make one quick point about uh, this coming week against the 49ers. You've got Nick Mullins, at quarterback. You've got a team that's really beat up. On yep. paper, the secondary should be able to build off this momentum and absolutely blanket the 49ers. They well, should be the able to with the completely schedule. shut them down, but they've had a tendency yep. this year to sink to the level of their competition, get complacent, make m- mental mistakes. And so that's going to be the big challenge to them now. We Now we know how good they are. We've seen them do it. Yeah. Now they've got to build off that and it show that same focus and consistency with a much weaker opponent. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff early. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Well, I said it in my WWL column. I said, look, we we saw we you know we knew their problems. It's inconsistent pass rush, uh, defensive mental errors, and defensive penalties in the secondary. We know that they can fix it now because we saw it against Tampa. But was the fix a permanent fix or was it flex seal in a boat where it's only going to last a week and then it's going to be back to normal where the leaks are springing everywhere? Um, we'll just have to we'll just have to see. The other thing, man, with this with this defense is, you know, they uh, 
they don't even have they didn't even have Kwan Alexander. Like he's coming and Andrew and if he's healthy, then you got then you then you then you can go to even another level. Yeah, I mean like like we've said, I think with Quan, he's yeah. uh, a guy that was added as much for depth and I mean I do think he'll replace Anzalone and I do think he'll be better, but I I don't think it's that they hated Anzalone, it's that they yeah. just felt like we're two players deep at linebacker and if one goes down that 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 could sink the whole ship. And so yeah. I just think they got to a point where like we need to add another guy, let them compete, Anzalone and Quan Alexander. But if something happens to Demario Davis or Anzalone, we're not sunk at the position now. We have another guy. So I think that was as much about mitigating their risk and giving themselves a little bit of buffer uh, as they go through the season. But, yeah, now you've got another guy coming on board that's yep. very talented. And, look, we know what two speedy, effective linebackers we see, we've seen all year what that's done for Tampa. Even in this game, I mean, you know, Levante David and – Devin White still, I mean, they, they looked impressive and had good plays. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm excited to see what Quan Alexander does next to DeMario. Well, and as we look and as we move over to the, to the offense, and look, Drew Brees was, was brilliant. He had two, two you know, really to me, to my way of thinking, the, 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 the fumble, yeah, he like a little bit better ball security, but that ha- like that's just, a, that's just a, a bad break where he's trying to throw and he hits him right at the exact moment, you know. And, uh, you know, Cook fumble, that's not on Breeze. The only really bad throw he had, that throw to JPP, where if JPP has all his fingers, let's be real, he makes that interception. But, like, besides that, he was he was flawless. And, Andrew, I'll say it again. The off- you, you can talk about the offensive line in a minute. But I feel like Breeze, I feel like he's moving in the pocket as good as he ever has. Like, he's it, it's, it's, in, it's uncanny how – mobile and flexible or whatever you want to call it in the pocket. He looked, he was moving up. He was moving left. It, it's a sight to behold. A 41 year old dude shouldn't be doing this. It, it just seems like he's getting better every week. Yeah. And it, it shouldn't come as that big of a surprise, I guess, in the sense that again, this isn't Deshaun Watson. This isn't Mahomes. He can't show up week one after no training camp, after no preseason, after no OTAs, whatever, and to fling it around the yard and just look amazing. That's not Breeze. Like, Breeze gets better as he studies more tape, as he spends more time yeah. developing chemistry with his receivers, as he locks in on his routine, as he, you know, all that stuff. And, and you can just tell he's building. He's building. And yeah. he's putting the time in. He's, and that's how Breeze gets better. And that's, that's how Breeze, week to week, uh, starts to ascend. And so I think that's what you're seeing is not only physically is he starting to look a little bit better, it's the chemistry. And Ralph, I want to take a quick victory lab <laughs> because I, I said Go ahead. when Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders went down, I said that if they can just keep winning these yeah. games, Ralph, yeah. eventually this offense is going to benefit because eventually those guys come back. And when they do, the Saints are going to be glad that they were forced into uncomfortable positions where Emmanuel Sanders had to be the guy, where he had, he was forced to learn the playbook yeah. on a, on a accelerated rate, and and Traquan Smith was forced to be the guy, and they were yeah. forced to throw Callaway in there, and he was going to have to run routes and make plays because now all of a sudden you see Traquan Smith reverts back to a much more comfortable role where he just he's targeted one time Traquan for a touchdown Smith. and he's wide open. Traquan Smith con- continues 
to be a Hall of Fame level receiver when teams forget he exists. That's right. Uh, Deontay Harris, you know, one yep. catch, but four, 40 yards, you know, and Callaway has a couple catches. They they continue to keep him in the offense, and yeah. Breeze is comfortable going his way, and Adam Troutman had a touchdown, yeah. you know. So I, I just think you look at this offense and how they were forced to operate without Michael Thomas, without uh, Manuel yeah. Sanders for a little bit, and now they're just better off for it, and that's why you saw, I think, Breeze – this is not right now. This doesn't look like an offense where it's it's all Michael Thomas and Kamara. No, it, it, and it, also, he's not he's not throwing ten to fifteen times well, to Thomas. He didn't he didn't do it in that game. He completed it to twelve different receivers, and I think that's because right now the chemistry he feels comfortable with everyone. So he's just going to throw it to the open guy. Well, I'll say we'll, we'll get more into Troutman later on in the week and as the season goes. But he looks like a guy that he's worth given up all those picks for and I'm not saying he's going to be great but Andrew he looks like a guy that if he works hard and he's and he's smart and he's blessed with staying healthy he looks like he can be a 50 to 75 catch tight end guy and listen that's worth giving up three four late round picks for because it's a valuable thing but I want to I want to give you I want to give you this theory I was watching first take, you know, but when the Saints win and they look amazing, right? We're all like, I got to listen to every national podcast. I got to watch ESPN. I got to watch first take because I want to watch these people eat fucking crow about the Saints. And isn't this great? So I did that on Monday. I, I binged on all of it. But Dan Orlowski was ripping Bruce Arians about, you don't play zone against Drew Brees. What are you doing, Tampa? And I, at first, I was like, yeah, that's – why are teams stupid? Why do they keep playing zone against Drew Brees? But, Andrew, I have a theory. I think teams look at the – because the theory would be, look, you play man against the Saints and you make Drew Brees beat you deep, make him throw to the hash marks, and he can't do it because he doesn't have the arm anymore. And that's good in theory. But I think defensive coordinators, Andrew, I think they look at the Saints and they're like – we can't play fucking man. They have too many people to guard. And if we play man and Kamara beats a linebacker, we're fucking sunk. We can't play zone. We gotta play. We gotta play zone. Cause man, they'll kill us. So that's that's my theory uh, on what defenses are trying to do against the Saints. Am I completely? Well, am I completely out? No, of no. I'm w- I'm with you, and I think Michael Thomas is kind of the the most important cog in that whole equation. Uh, because yeah, you want to play man coverage. You, th- there's the layer that you just mentioned about Kamara, but it's also like, what, what are you going to do about Michael Thomas? How many corners in this league can play man press on Michael Thomas and not just get completely embarrassed? So I, I think if he's healthy and he's in the game, yeah. he's playing, uh, That that's where it starts to get at, at a level where it's like, Holy shit! Yeah. We gotta go to zone. Like, well, what yeah. else are we gonna do? We can't stop because, this guy. Because if you go to if you go to man, Drew will. We we saw it last year. He will happily throw it to Michael Thomas, and Michael Thomas will catch eleven balls for hundred and nineteen yards and a touchdown. Like we saw yeah. it all last year. Drew Brees is more than willing to do it. Absolutely. No, I, I think Brees is smart enough to understand what the defense is trying to do and, and attack them. And, yeah. I, I just want to say this about Breeze, Ralph. Uh, this is two weeks in a row he's been on the road. And I know there's no fans, but I want you to remember, two weeks in a row he's been on the road in very windy, very yep. gusty conditions. Back-to-back weeks. Yep. Against the Bears, it was the number nine defense in the NFL currently. Against yep. the Bucks, 
It's the number four defense in the NFL currently. So two top 10 defenses. He ripped both of them to shreds. And the first one he did without Michael Thomas, without Callaway, and without uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders. So Breeze is at a level right now where he's done this. Like That's been, always been the narrative is he can't get it done on the road. You know, He's an indoor quarterback, yeah. and he's done it in gusty condition. You know, he doesn't have Now he doesn't have the air yards you know, or the A dot, V dot, A, V dot, whatever it is. You know, he, he's terrible at all those metrics, and he's last in the league in yeah. air yards. And so he, he's terrible, yada, yada, yada. But what he's done the last two weeks, considering the defenses yep. he's faced, considering the playmakers he was missing. And, and, and let's not be like, it was nice to get Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders back. But let's not pretend like there isn't some adjustment when guys have been out for weeks. And they show yeah. like, it's not like, I mean, it, it was surprising to me to see that the engine just kind of fire up immediately because you know, that's hard yeah, to do it was. also. You know, there's an, usually there's an acclimation period when you've been out for a while. It, so. it, and when you say it fired up immediately, like the Saints from the jump on offense, it was like Tampa's they, Tampa, they have no answers. And like, None. you know, yeah. the fumble f- from Cook didn't really hurt them because they, they, held, Bre- they held Brady and he, they had a punt from the end zone and the Saints took it down and scored 14 nothing. But this offense was just – it was great from the jump. The one thing that I wanted to talk about, your offensive line grades were interesting in that you gave the guys in the interior – you know, they had – I think Ruiz had a C-plus and, and, and uh, McCoy had a C. The one thing I'll say about that is I get it. Like, the, you know – they, they struggled some. But I think that's, like, when you play Tampa, like, their defensive line, especially with Sue and the, and the guys they have, like, it's always going to be that. Like, you're, you're, I don't think you're ever yeah. going to play Tampa and kick their ass in the interior. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience and is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? That might hurt worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replacement blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code armchair what are you waiting for go whack your weeds like the saints kick their ass overall but i thought the the interior guys i I get the grades but what did you see from them specifically yeah and and that's one thing with grades it's tough is it's not graded on a degree of difficulty right so if you're if you're facing a defensive tackle that's a seventh or let's say a UDFA that's forced to start because of an injury and yeah. 
you know, let's say McCoy abuses him all up and down the field, you know, and he gets an A plus because, you know, he, and he's not going to do that to Ndamukong Sue. That's just that's just how, how it goes. So, uh, you know, from from week to week, you know, the matchups, they change and, and that that's that's a reality. Uh, but I, I just thought it was interesting. Ruiz and Easton, I thought maybe this was to their detriment a little bit, but they were in what seemed like a platoon rotation system. And I just saw a lot of patchy play from those two in particular. Uh, Easton, to me, was the worst of the two. Uh, but there were a number of plays where you're like, oh, that wasn't a great block. And the Saints were fortunate uh, that Breeze was getting the ball out so quickly and that the offense was in such sync yeah. that that it, it kind of didn't matter. But I, I just thought the interior play, with the exception of Andres Pete, who I thought was once again terrific, well, uh, and, and I, I didn't make... think I didn't think the interior was that great. Now, Ralph, I will say the tackles. I got to I got to quickly say something about Armstead and Ramchek. Uh, Shaq Barrett, who led the league in sacks last year, I know he had the sack because Jared Cook somehow got isolated on him one on one and missed the block. But Ryan Ramchek, besides that sack that was on Jared Cook, Ryan Ramchek erased Shaq Barrett from this game. Completely erased him. Uh, yeah. What a gem he is for the Saints. What a player. And then on the other side, I mean, J- Jason Pierre-Paul, has been, he's been having a good year. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it's one of those things where Armstead, he's been dealing with some stuff. Like, he's supposed to be yep. injured. Like, he's supposed to not be 100%. But he erased Pierre-Paul on the other side of the ball. I mean, the only time Pierre-Paul was making plays was when he was dropping into coverage because it wasn't rushing the pass. <laughs> I, um, and, I love and, the uh... – I love the the quote from Breeze after the game when he he threw the the, the touchdown to Trey Quan and he said he got hit and he was falling and Teron Armstead caught him and said, "Bro, I just wanted you to see your touchdown pass." So I thought that was so good, so good. But the thing is, and I want to make this point, and I said it on Twitter <clears throat> yeah, uh, on Sunday during the games, uh, not not during the Saints game, but during the, the NFL Sunday, and I said this, you know, Saints fans really, I think. You know, we don't take Breeze for granted. We we, we, we we say how great he is and we and all these other things. But I do think one thing Saints fans overlook is the offensive line play. You look at teams, Tennessee, they lost Tyler Lewin, their great tackle. Their run game ain't been the same. Baltimore, yeah, they beat the Colts, but it was 24-10 to 10 and it was ugly. They're down two offensive linemen. Now, granted, their two offensive linemen they're down are pro bowlers. So it, it's a bad situation, and, and, and that you know maybe the Saints couldn't overcome that. But the Saints have overcome a lot these last four years at differing points on the offensive line, and they sort of shuffle it around and make it work. And I know a lot of it's Breeze getting rid of the ball quick, but I still think they deserve the coaching staff deserves a hell of a lot of credit for keeping it together when they're shuffling all these pieces in and out. I totally agree. Yeah. And, uh, that, that's a testament to Mickey Loomis too. I think his his ability to just build the roster, uh, get guys in there and obviously the coaching staff to coach him up. But yeah, I, I think it really starts with the scouting department and Mickey Loomis communicating really well with, the vision what kind of mm-hmm. players they want and, and then finding players that fit that vision and that that are good fits yeah. in their system and so when you have an injury and you have to plug in guys or you have these shuffles it works and so uh i i think again i just look at this offense right now and i feel like they're at a space where they were forced to play some guys they yeah. weren't maybe super comfortable with and now they are more comfortable and the horses are back so 
it's 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 a good good place to be right now. Yeah, and I'll wrap up with this: is the Saints, they only play one team with a winning record the rest of the way, and that's Kansas City. And Kansas City, you can make an argument that they might be the best. I know I know the Steelers are undefeated. But I think Kansas City's the best team in football. Like they, Kansas City's so freaking good. They could play a C plus, B minus game and still win against decent teams. Like they weren't even that good against Carolina, and they won. And Carolina's like in the mediocre middle. I get it. But the Saints, Andrew, I look at this schedule going forward. If they don't go twelve and four, like something went wrong. Like they gotta be. They should be twelve and four or better because they. Well, the Saints. The Saints are five and two being C, a C minus team all year. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would say the same of the saints, you know, they've won a lot of games playing like shit. Um, but um, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And I, I think the schedule sets, sets up fa- favorably, but I think the challenge ahead yeah. and what I would chat, I would challenge, especially the secondary somewhat the pass rush too, is that, all right, now you've shown us you can do it. We know how good you are. We, sh- we saw you light up Tampa. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe, what, what the local media told us about the secondary during training camp was true. And maybe what we believed about the roster and how talented and good it yep. was. Maybe all that was true. But now we've only seen it. We've only seen you lock in when the stakes were the highest. And, and you, I would say the other good game they played was week one against Tampa. Tampa, yeah. So, obvi- so obviously when they get really motivated and it's a big game with big can- stakes, we know they lock in and play well. But I think, and it starts this very weekend against the San Francisco team that's beat up, that's playing terrible, that looks awful, that has a third-string quarterback in there uh, that, yep. by all accounts, is dead to rights at this point. You know, that that they're that yeah. have traded pieces away because they're kind of giving up on the season, including Quan Alexander, who ironically yeah. is going to play against his team this week. But, but I, I just think. This is the game where you have to say, okay, we just had a great game, but we need to build off it now. Because, like, you know what? If if the Saints win by seven points, but Nick Mullins throws for 350 yards and three touchdowns and, like, <laughs> it's just way closer than it should be and it's uncomfortable, yeah. that's not going to feel good. Like, they now need to respond on top of this performance and prove to us and show us that yeah. they can and keep the mental fortitude and not- focus. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? 
In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And it's not even about, to me, it's not, hey, you steamrolled Tampa, so now you should go 8-0 and the second half of the year and blow every team out. No, but give us... You know, they play San Francisco, Atlanta. Give us another great game against San Francisco. Give us another great game against the Falcons. And then maybe you go to Denver and you kind of have a hiccup and maybe it's closer than it should be and it's fucking snowing and it's weird and you got to kind of escape, right? But give us two, three weeks of really high-level play because no team is going to play high-level 16 weeks. It's just not going to happen. So, but you got to, they got to give us two, three, four weeks of very consistent, we're the best team in the NFC type play. So we'll see about it. But again, man, uh, it's the halfway point of the year. They're six and two. They're tied for the, the top seed in the NFC. I look around the NFC and I see nothing but flawed teams. Uh, I don't know if the Saints can get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, but I don't want to hear any fucking arguments that they can't. Like, I look at Seattle. Seattle's defense, by the way, as we get out of here, Seattle's defense, they have surpassed the 2012 Saints. They've given up the most yards after eight games in NFL history. You're not winning shit with that kind of defense. We saw it. Okay, we saw it. So they're not. Seattle's not winning anything. I don't care. I don't care how fucking good Russell Wilson is. So to me, Andrew, it's Green Bay, Tampa. Even though the Saints just kicked him in the face, and the Saints. Those are the three teams in the NFC. Yeah. Yep. And it's just going to depend. We, we talk about this all the time. Who gets COVID? Who gets injured? Yep. What changes? I think right now the Saints are ascending. I think right now Green Bay and, and Seattle are both trending downwards. And look, in a five weeks, that, that could change again. So who yep. knows? It, you know, and it, it, some, some other teams we don't expect may start to play better. So we'll keep an eye on it all. But it, it's exactly what you said. At this point, uh, the Saints, 
very easily could go 13 and three very easily could be the number one seed and very easily could represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Uh, But they've got to go do it. And listen, you know, you know, you know, we, we, this podcast, we stay away politics and try to put real life aside, but look, coronavirus cases are exploding in America again. And look, the NFL has said if Corona gets really bad and we have to miss games or play week a bunch of week 18 games to make it up, they may go Royal Rumble 16 team playoffs with no buys. So we've been saying it. Just get into the playoffs and be as healthy as they can be and you just let it roll because 2020 is just fucking weird. But anyway, for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Sign up and become a Saints Happy Hour patron. We're the best Saints podcast on earth. That's just a fact. So for Andrew, I'm Ralph. We will see you again tomorrow.